Welcome to Sparks and Recreation, your source for info on community events, meta-analysis, and everything Hero Realms. Part of the Realms Rising Network. Heroes of the Realms, welcome back to Sparks and Recreation. Episode 5. The Imperials strike back. I, and I promise that's the last Star Wars reference I'll do in the intros, everyone. Uh, I am... You're so lying. Well, okay, you're right. That's a promise I probably won't be able to keep. So let's just um, strike that from the record right now. Good. Thanks for calling me out on that. Uh, <laughs> here we are again. Off to a strong start. Look at this intro. Just, free, just a free-flowing conversation about Star Wars. <laughs> uh, happy to be back. It's been a couple weeks. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Matthew Jigmalinkba Rooks, joined by my friend and ex-fighter, main player, <laughs> Tim Agency 13 McKenzie. How are you doing today, Tim? How's life? Uh, I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. Life has been really busy, so uh, stuff's kind of crazy around here, but it's good. Yeah, crazy is good. Busy with lots of things in real life and in the realm's life, both uh, both aspects yep. there. Uh, and I was just joking. I said X-Fighter just because, you know, Tim's been so busy. He hasn't been playing much A. And when he has been playing, it hasn't been a lot of fighter. So that's why I'm just teasing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and there's reasons for that that we will get into in this episode. Um, before we jump into the, the famed segments that we have, you know, come to pride ourselves on for this podcast, let's just give a quick outline of what we'll talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the upcoming changes. When And I say upcoming, by the time you hear this, they'll probably already have been out for about a week at least. Because uh, that's what we like to do here. We like to record right before updates happen. So everything is immediately <laughs> <laughs> obsolete by the time it hits the airwaves. It's cool, though, because they're like little time capsules of the growth and development of the game, too. So it's kind of fun to take the snapshots. All right. Uh, I'm bird walking quite a bit here. Tim, keep me on track. What are some of the things we're going to talk about in today's episode? Well, we are going to do uh, our normal what would you do to start off the show, uh, like we always do. Uh, and the main topic is not just like the upcoming update, but stuff that we think needs to happen for the game to be ready for like the full release. So that's going to involve upcoming balance changes or bug changes and all of that stuff, plus just some of our ideas on balance and game features that we'd like to see and then we have a war room segment uh hero realms 101 segment uh killer combos so uh, i think i don't know if we've done war room before but we haven't done killer combos so some of those are new there so that'll be some uh interesting uh ear candy for everybody right and then the uh, a quick community roundup and closing the show out. So that's kind of the format for this week. Yeah, we're we're bringing some um, sliders and some curveballs for those of you who know baseball. For uh, my European friends, I'm sorry for that analogy, but we threw some segments in that we haven't used yet. We when we were brainstorming this podcast, we came up with a bunch of different ideas for segments and things to do, and there's still some we haven't done yet. It is only episode five, but. Uh, now is the time maybe for you guys to hear some 
new segments and perhaps, perhaps maybe even a new favorite segment, which leads me into the segue of your truly favorite segment. What would you do? What would you say you do here? Okay, and here we are once again. Episode five, what would you do? This episode scenario is a listener uh, submission from S Freak and Bird Law. And this was actually from their Tavern Brawl season two match. Uh, both characters are at level seven. It's a thief versus wizard setup. Um, it's turn two. Those are the initial s- setups. Uh, Tim, what else can you tell us about this situation? What's in the market row? Uh, in the market row, we have command. We have nature's bounty. We have life drain. We have hit job and the rot. So it's a pretty tasty row there. Um, also, it is uh, S-Freak's turn. She's playing the thief. Birdlaw's playing a wizard. On his first turn, he got a fire gem. So... And had played two gold in his staff. So that that's pretty much uh, not a big first turn for Bird Law. And then S-Freak has the chance to set some stuff up here. Because this is at level 7. She has the heist ability. It's one of the middle abilities. I forget the exact name of it. But it's the one that lets you get one card and another card of lesser value from the trade row. And if that second card is three or less, less it goes to your hand and they have to be the same faction. Timely heist. I believe that one is that I believe you're right. And she also has, uh, is it misdirection? I don't think it's misdirection. It's, it's one of the middle ones for one of those abilities, the skill. It's, it's on the way to misdirection. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I think, well, you pay two. obviously you get, one gold from your opponent and maybe i think you still only heal three i think it's just the three yeah yeah i forget the name again uh, everyone forgive us for our uh, amazing inability to recall the uh, names of these (laughs) abilities that we've seen hundreds if not thousands of times but uh yes so basically the thief has six gold they can use their ability for two and buy something you know with a remainder or use their heist ability and as uh, some of our Discord community were quick to point out when we posted this a, f- a few days ago, it, an optimal move seems to be to use the heist on that life drain first. All right, It's a Necros card, which means we'll, we'll be able to use the second part of this ability, which will be to take Rot directly to hand, uh, which is pretty incredible, especially considering that we can use it to uh, sacrifice the throwing dagger that's also in our hand. So this would be a pretty optimal move, I think. And I think um, Noodle Tupe and um, the Hiatus Meow were the first on this to talk about it. And it's really kind of hard to argue with that, Tim, don't you think? Uh, Yeah, that seems pretty much like an ideal move there. In the screenshot, it shows that S-Freak has played all the cards, but you can always undo some of that to like get that knife back or whatever, as long as you do it before you buy the stuff. Um, yep. But 
it all shows it out there so you can see what was in her hand. Um, I mean, the only really other thing to consider is maybe using your skill to make them discard, and then you can pick up Nature's Bounty, Hit Job, or The Rot, which are all great cards. But the fact that you would get Life Drain and Rot to hand and have it sacrifice a knife right off seems like pretty amazing. There's, there, I mean, at any level, there's not much better of a choice, really. Maybe if you could get two Elven Gifts or something, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, or like two Rots would be pretty yeah. incredible also. Or uh, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a few other things. But yeah, this is a pretty darn good <laughs> situation. But uh, I, now... And... Go ahead. Yeah, go, no, continue. Okay, um... I know you when you had uh, posted this up on the Discord and put it in the show notes and stuff for everything, you didn't realize that it was that form of heist. You were thinking it was the one that stole from an opponent's discard. And so, yes. so we kind of want to talk about, even though there seems to be a really ideal choice for this specific setup, we want to kind of talk about that trade row in a couple different situations. If it were, say, level three, where you just have the base abilities and the same for your opponent... What would you do there with the six gold and the throwing? Because yeah, then it becomes much more interesting. And also, if your ability is the uh, steal from opponent, right. then you, you'll get a chance to steal from them whatever they buy. So uh, that's also a really interesting what would you do scenario. So using actually like the same screenshot, but just pretending that the thief ability <laughs> is different. Uh, we can yeah. get a, a, another interesting branch to this one. That makes it a little less clearer. I still think life drain's pretty amazing at level three early on, getting the scrap. It's a hugely high damage card. Like it's a great card for it is for there. But also setting up either the command or nature's bounty to up your economy early on would be really huge as well. So like in that situation, one of those three cards would be, I think, where I would go. Um, yeah, me too. And, I think, I think nature's bounty is just super tempting just cause that four gold and it's turn two, right? So it, yes. the game just started and you're going to get that on your next deck. You can use it to, uh, use your ability. You can use it to pay for the heist to steal something from your opponent. What basically whatever they buy, if, the, yeah. if it's in their discard. Um, now you're playing against a wizard with the um, Scry Two abilities, so they might yeah, be able to. Yeah, but if we were at level three, to... it would it would be different. So it'd be even less. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that nature's bounty, and then using your ability is good, or seeing what flips. But command yeah. is also just so that's tough to so pass good. up. Yeah, and you don't want the wizard to get that either. You don't want the wizard. Well, to well, the, the good thing is if this were at level three and you had the steal from the opponent ability. If you got like nature's bounty and had a huge economy lead there, you could steal that command or that life drain or that hit job from your opponent, possibly before they got to play it. Because I think on turn five or later, you can use that ability. So I think they'd have to use it once, basically. It depends on when they were able to buy stuff. So if they didn't didn't have a ton of economy coming up and couldn't get the big stuff. It might be after the shuffle when they could buy it. And if it went to their discard, you could steal it right out of there. Yeah. Possibly. I mean, that's all a bunch of what ifs, but 
It is what if. But, you know, this is a what would you do situation. It's kind yeah. of a what if situation. So we can exactly. kind of take it to the, uh, the different uh, universe where that happens. Yeah, the uh, um, interesting point of playing against a fighter who can steal your cards with the highest ability is tough because you don't want to buy good cards that they can steal. But then if you don't really have good cards to buy and you're altering your mm-hmm. buying habits, you're also kind of playing into the thieves' hands. So it's a, so, sometimes it's better just to buy something, let them steal it, <laughs> than uh, resume your, your playing, you know? So one thing that I have... Uh... When I was playing at the Legends at Origins, uh, my first round of the top eight, I was playing a fighter against the only thief in the top eight. And I was talking with Silent Owl before everything, and we were talking about our matchups and this and that stuff. And he said, one thing, watch out for that steal ability. Um, Sometimes it's better to buy two lower cost cards because they could only steal one of them. So... Maybe I buy a couple of three costers or four costers, and I don't buy the big six, seven, eight costers until they've used that ability. I made that mistake. I bought, like, a, I don't know if it was Firebomb or Domination or something in mid game in that first game, and he stole it and won that game. The next two, I kept my my buys to smaller buys until he used that, and, and I won those. So that's one thing to think about with playing against a thief. Totally agree. And I think those smaller to mid cards you buy in that situation, if they have economy, it's even better. Because, mm-hmm. uh, especially earlier game, because if the thief steals one of your good cards, you'll e- at least be able to buy something again. If you don't, yeah. if you only have damage cards though, and they steal, maybe they steal your economy and you don't have another one, you can be in big trouble. So, yeah, I always try to get some sure. economy mid, mid grade. And even fire gems are good in that situation. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right. So, uh, thanks to S Freak for this really interesting submission. We had a pretty consensus answer on the actual situation, but it did lead to some really uh, interesting discussions, what if discussions, uh, in slightly different circumstances. So, and it's definitely a good like way to think about stuff. Like even in that situation, you're like, well, what if it were this one? What if you know? It gives you a lot of stuff to think about, and I I love thinking about this game. So, <laughs> yeah, totally agree. And just to fill the listeners in, S Freak did mention on Discord that in this game she actually did take the life drain and the rot, and she got command on a subsequent turn. And uh, she, I Ooh. believe she actually won. She ended up winning this match versus uh, Birdlaw. We'd yeah. have to look in the um, the records on the scoreboard, but I think I think she actually did win that. She handed Birdlaw one of his few losses that season. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, let's wrap this one up. I hope you enjoyed it. And please keep submitting your own uh, versions of what would you do on the Discord or even on Facebook or any of our other social media. And we'd be happy to incorporate that into future episodes. And now we have phased into the most important part of this week's show, the main topic, where we are going to focus on a question. How close is this game to release? And by how close, I think, how ready is it for release is another good way to think about it. Um, Now, it was just announced, uh, I think yesterday, no, maybe two days ago, Couple By the way, this ago. is 
this is May 16th uh, that we're recording this, immediately preceding the update that's about to drop in a matter of hours. Um, and let's go over a quick summary of what that update is. Uh, you will uh, by you will know this very well by now by the time you hear it because you're using it. But let's just summarize the changes for this build, Tim. Yeah. So coming up in this update, uh, there are a couple balance changes. They are changing uh, some of the fighter uh, ability trees. The sweeping blow and whirling blow are getting changes. So sweeping blow is getting changed to draw a card or expend all opposing guards gain combat equal to their defense whirling blow is getting changed to draw two cards or stun all opposing guards gain combat equal to their defense and i do want to clarify super quick that uh joel said in a question that uh the gain combat equal to their defense even though it's like a separate sentence that that was tied to the expend or stun part. It was, if you drew, you wouldn't get that. And then also, we are it's get- the it's their buffed defense. So if they're buffed yes. by the cleric, for example, you get that extra defense, which is pretty important. Correct. Sorry, Tim. Go ahead. No, you're good. And then other updates, just like some general game updates, they're going to add some new music, some new narration. Uh, one thing that they're adding that I know has been talked about a little bit is the. Hiding the character that's sending a challenge. Uh, They are updating graphical elements, adding support for different avatars and campaign improvements. And then there are a couple of bug fixes. Uh, The blackjack gets highlighted with no valid targets, so that should be fixed. And then the bug where the keen throwing knife and the knife belt Uh, Just those two cards will draw two if you use the play all button right now. So they're fixing that bug so it goes away. So uh, that's what's announced for the update coming up tomorrow. Good stuff. Yeah. So we're going to use this segment basically just to give our appraisal of the current game balancing at the moment. All right. Uh, But before that, Let's look at what the actual app itself, the game application, the digital version of the game, some functions or uh, different modes or uh, et cetera, features that you can use to improve the game. Uh, Let me just preface this also. These are uh, Tim and myself's opinions, all right? We're not going to say this is how the game should be made and this is the right way. This is, again, just to kind of spur discussion, hopefully get um, some of our listeners' ideas for... Uh, their experience and how they think the uh, game could improve. And we realize most of the stuff ain't going to (laughs) happen. I mean, that's not why we're doing it. We're we're doing it because we like to talk about the game and we talk about the stuff. I mean, we've spent a lot of time before this podcast chatting, chatting about stuff like this. So why not make a podcast out of it? We like to talk about it. So let's do it. Don't take it too seriously though. Take it, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but think about it and give your own um, answers too. And, and I kind of think about kind of this main topic as, Stuff that Matt and I, or one or the other of us, because we don't necessarily agree on all of it, but at least some of the stuff that we feel like when this stuff happens, it will feel like the game is a good, complete base game with the stuff that's necessary. And some of the stuff is kind of a, a wish list that doesn't necessarily have to be there for us to feel like it's ready, but we'd like to see it. 
So um, we're going to start off not talking about like character balance or anything. We're going to talk about stuff in the app. And the first one uh, that we have listed here is uh, win-loss tracking. So in the Star Realms app, they have a page where you can see your win-loss uh, for like the week and then your lifetime amount. And they have it split up for like challenges for the random queue, and then they have Arena and Star Realms as well. So they have it split up in those three different things. Um, Hero Realms is a little different, being that you have different characters and everything. So it would, I feel like it would be nice to see the overall numbers and then your 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 numbers like that for each of your characters. I don't feel I like that it. would be super hard to implement. Nope. I mean, we're, we have... Uh... And when I say we, mostly you, have already done this for a lot of the events and leagues that we do online right now. So, And that's a couple of um, amateurs who are doing this on our free time. So I'm sure – and I know they already have it internally and they're looking at all these stats. So it wouldn't be hard to uh, yeah, to show it in the app. And I'm sure that we'll get something because it's just awesome. Everybody likes it. And it's cool to it, – it'll keep people interested in the game. So I'm sure we'll see Even- it. Even if it started off with the overall and not per character and they added that sort of stuff later, I don't think they need to go super in-depth with, like, at different levels and all of this, but nah. just kind of have the overall. But it would be nice to have it per character. But even if it was just the overall to start off, that would be nice. That would be nice. But if we're there already, let's put it for each character, too. Come on, Tim. Let's right, dream big. Right, right. All right. <laughs> so when um, tracking and, like, percentage. Yeah, all yeah, in. Basically. Yep. Basically, nothing, yep, nothing for me to say there. Um, one thing that kind of came up when we were talking with Darwin in the interview for the podcast is the uh, vanilla mode. So being able to play without characters. And that's something that early on in the alpha that I asked about. And I know a couple other people asked about and they at least some of the people at uh, Wise Wizards were didn't seem to think too much of the idea but I know Darwin wanted the idea, and he's, he hinted that it's probably going to happen. And I would like to see it happen just for the fact that we would open up a lot of like community tournament and event formats that we can't do at the moment. Mm-hmm. Plus, that's, it's that's probably just a great way to learn. It's a great way to learn the game. It's just by learning mm-hmm. the market deck, right? And I've heard somebody mentioned on their stream that the – or it was on Discord – it might have been Joel on Discord, who said that the game is probably going to be free to play through level three for each character class. And mm-hmm. I'm assuming that if there's a vanilla mode like this, that will be part of the free play as well. So you can play like online uh, vanilla. I'm assuming. I could be wrong. If they did that, it would make, um, it would bring a larger player base, hopefully get more people hooked into the game. And uh, also just allow for a pretty healthy um, vanilla queue m- mode as well, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely. I'm not sure how they would handle that. I'm I'm trying to think of how it is in Star Realms, and I don't know. I can't remember anymore. <laughs> it's been so long. I, I think you can play core for free on Star Realms, I can think. You? But uh, actually, you know what? I don't know. Cause I, I, bought I don't it think you can play online out. without it, yeah. Maybe you can't play online without it. Yeah, maybe yeah. right. Anyways, we'll we'll see. Um, yeah. But either either way, that's a great idea. And how they implement implement that with online is kind of a moot point. Those are just kind of 
uh, yeah. wish wish list. But yeah, yeah um, mode. It, great. The the one other thing I would say about that is it would easily allow them to do a legends in app tournament, whether it's all in app or they do that format, but do it through like challenge or some other site that runs tournaments initially before they have the in-app stuff in the game it would allow basically the way they do physical legends tournaments through the app so that would be Mm. really nice yeah agreed and then uh the 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 last idea that i had uh initially were some some challenge changes so uh one is coming up in this app and one of the ideas was a blind challenge where it wouldn't show what class is sending the challenge so you can't say oh they sent me a challenge with a fighter i'm going to play with a cleric or they sent me one with a a wizard i'm going to play fighter or whatever the case may be you can't like min max that because it's like i know they're sending one that's at level 12 i'm going to pick a level 12 character um one thing i will say is it would be nice if there's a toggle that you can pick whether it's a blind challenge or not. And the way it looks like it's being implemented initially is that everything's going to be a blind challenge when you send a challenge, which is okay to start off. But I, I really hope that they let us toggle back and forth. Yeah. And it's for challenges, right? It's not for new games in the queue. So you're challenging the person anyway, for some reason or another, and you can probably understand why you're doing that. So an option for that would be, Great. And it shouldn't be too hard to do, so hopefully we'll see that as well. Well, in until that sort of thing would happen, you can always send that person, if you know who they are, a message through Discord or through Facebook or whatever, if you know them. If they're a real-life friend, you can send them a text message or whatever saying, hey, I'm sending one with a fighter, you know, that sort of thing. Yep. It's one extra step, but it, it allows for that functionality most of the time. The random queue already works that way. You just get paired up with whatever they yep. pair it up with. And I'm so sure the, they'll leave it that way. They're not going to do blind random queues because that would splinter the types of people who are queuing. Yeah, it's already games, blind. Yeah, basically. Yeah, you, good point. you're just yeah. queuing up with a character. You don't know what you're going to get matched up. Yeah, you don't know what with. you're going to get. True. Yeah. And then the yeah. other challenge change. I know they've mentioned the idea of this, but haven't heard a whole lot about it. But sending level specific challenges. So if I have a level twelve character, I could send a level three challenge or a level nine challenge. And we'd play at that level as long as my opponent has a character of that. So sort of like how they have the uh, co-op modes where you need a character of a certain level. Maybe it would say you can only respond with characters that level or higher. Or just automatically bring them down, down level them for you. Right. Like it does right. But, it, but if, but if it was a level 12 challenge and they had a level 10 character, that character wouldn't be available to play the challenge basically. That makes sense. And I think much like the vanilla mode, having these sorts of options would allow for uh, better tournament and event formats. It gives it would give us as a community a lot of options in how to set this stuff up and have some really cool events, like even if it's not a tournament, just like a big event of something or new tournament ideas. I know I have a bunch of ideas going around in my head where some of these options would make it way easier to do those. Awesome. Yeah. So what are, what are, what are some of the ideas that you had for this sort of thing, Matt? 
Okay, well, I mean, we've you've covered the big ones, all right, and the tracking, obviously, stats, and I would even say, hopefully, we could even get a little more deep, you know, some deeper stats. But e- mm-hmm. even if we don't, I'd just be happy with win loss percentages, or even just like a number total wins, total losses uh, for each class would be great. Um, one idea that I- I'm not going to take credit for because someone uh, wrote it on Discord, and I apologize because I don't remember who. I think it was on the wise wizard discord, actually Uh, an idea to have like a blinking light that indicates that someone is queued up for a real time game. So that way you could be like, Oh, someone's queuing up for real time game. You can also hit real time and then hopefully queue up with them. Cause I know one issue right now, this is probably just uh, with the number of people in the time zones, et cetera. It's tough to get a real time random queue. So having like a light blinking light that shows, or even like number of people waiting for, or even just a yeah. blinking light, that's it, uh, would probably help match people up quicker. So, or maybe even yeah, so, encourage more people to do it. Right. Um, I I also think, and this is a little bit different idea, but having saying somebody sent you like a real time challenge when you're in the middle of other stuff, you don't always notice that right away. If you just hit next game, having an alert like that as well. I think I get a note, a bear, a banner notification sometimes. Okay. I think I have that. Okay. Set up. But if sometimes if you're going from next game and this could just be a bug actually, but if you're only going from next game to next game, it won't automatically take you to a real time game sometimes. And I've missed out right. and I've actually timed out on that. So fixing that would be cool too (laughs) while we're here. (laughs) Um, Another thing uh, that I would love to see, and it's in Star Realm, so I assume it's probably coming, is a friend list, uh, which would just be awesome. It'd be quick challenges instead of typing in their full name and doing it. Plus it keeps a record of your challenges together, which is so much fun. Just to have like a lifetime record with you and your buddy or whatever. How it works in Star Realms is once they become your friend, it starts tracking it in that friends list. So it doesn't count the games you played before, but from that point on, it keeps that track. And then you can see, oh, we've played 500 games and I win 39% of them or whatever. You know, you get to see all of that and it's really cool. I don't think and it gives pl- a percentage. I think it gives the the wins no, just and the totals. Yeah, or not lifetime, but like you said, from the time that's created onwards. Yeah, the wins and losses. Uh, and it's just a it's like a shortcut challenge menu, so you can challenge your friends quickly. Like I said, it's not. Yes. I mean, these are uh, first world problems to complain about having to type in the name of your opponent into a digital app. But it'd be cool to have the friend list to, to speed that up a little bit. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so friendless is another one. Uh, I think that's about it. In terms of like the UI, I mean, to be honest, that game is just so gorgeous. It has been since the beginning mm-hmm. of beta. Like, you know, there's bugs and there's problems and there's other small gripes, but overall, it's just a gorgeous game. That there's not too much more to want, and I'm sure we'll think about different ways to smooth uh, the gameplay and other things as well. Uh, but they've already done that uh, largely. Um, I hate to keep coming back to this, but this might be my last chance to do it. Who knows? I'm going to advocate one more time for a return to the original starting card borders for the the character classes. Uh, 
it's gotten much better since they've introduced the black borders around the steel and rivet um, motif. I mean, it just looks better. It's easier on the mm-hmm. eyes, I think, but it's still much inferior to the original artwork we had for each character. So uh, that's on my wish list. Go back to this beautiful artwork that they that they had made for it. Um, that's one of those that isn't make or break for me, but I do prefer the original art as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a wish list. hopefully. And it's there already. And if it's not really, and who knows if it's like solving the problems, I mean, if not, maybe they can consider doing that anyway. Um, let's stop talking about the UI and the app itself and transition into the balancing of the game. Cause I think, you know, there's, a general consensus on different points of the balancing, uh, you know, overall, I'm not going to talk about, you know, everything in all matchups, but I, there's a general consensus that uh, Ranger and Thief are kind of at the top of the power pyramid and Wizard is probably at the bottom of uh, Fighter, probably not too far away, depending on how you look at it, uh, with um, the Fighter and the Cleric, the cleric. Kind of in the middle. Oh yeah, sorry. The cleric right in the middle. Yeah, I, I w- and I would actually say the fighter and cleric are better in, or more in the middle than the wizard because the fighter has good matchups, right? Uh, the mm-hmm. wizard not so much, except maybe sometimes the cleric. But anyway, um, it's our opinion, or I'll, I'll say it's my opinion on some of this stuff. I know Tim agrees with me on most of this. We need a little bit more balancing before this game hits public release. And the reason is it, we don't need it to be perfect. We, we want it as close as possible to like, you know, a good equilibrium before it hits. And we tweaks afterwards is great. I, I'm not saying we can't m- mess with it once it's released, but you want it like as stable as possible before we go. And I don't think it's stable yet. Yeah. A, a couple things that I, I kind of think of in this is if you're a new player that's starting this game, and you start leveling up a character and you're playing, and you're like, I'm really enjoying this. And then all of a sudden that character you've invested a bunch of time in, not because you're playing badly or whatever, but you lose matchups because they're bad matchups all the time or whatever, that feels really bad. And so you want to kind of prevent that. So I think if you could get the matchups all within like a 60-40 or better matchup you know, ratio, that would be good for release stuff worse okay. than 60 40 is going to start to feel bad. It's starting to feel bad. And we have some that are much worse than 60 40 yes. like 70 that we've got stuff that are probably yeah. 90, 10 or even below that, which is yes. not good. Oh, okay. So keeping this in mind, and again, this is not a uh, allegation on why a uh, wise wizards game for doing I, a poor job I, and all that stuff. I, I think overall stuff has gotten better since yep. alpha, the way they've balanced stuff. They've made some changes that I haven't necessarily agreed with here or there, but overall, I think it's gotten better. I think it just needs to go a little bit more. Yep, needs to go a little bit more, and hopefully, like in a way that can pinpoint uh, s- specific things that can be set before moving on to the next thing. So sometimes introducing mm-hmm. multiple things at once can be difficult, and I think that's what they've done with the fighter update this is time this time, yeah, which is a good yeah. sign. Uh, that's the only, only balance change so so then they can see how that affects stuff and not try to guess yeah which is great that's good so like yeah so like the way they do it too is also important and hopefully they're also and another thing too before we get into the details looking at the uh, a lot of this talk 
that we give about balancing is through the lens of like uh, level 12, high level play. Uh, play yeah. The players who play a lot, who are always in the queue, who are uh, you know doing well in the uh, community, run events, etc. I mean, there's like in a pretty established community of really good players who have played it a lot, know the ins and outs, know the strategies. And in within that sphere of, I think, level 12 is what we're talking about specifically. Although we'll, I think we will reference the lower levels as well a bit. But uh, there are some imbalances. And it's not really an opinion so much as you can look at data that's collected over time mm-hmm. and kind of see some things that are that are not good. So, all right. With that said... Now, let's look at each class here and just kind of dive into it. What do you have to say about the cleric? Um, I feel like actually overall the cleric's in a really good spot. I think that's about the goal where you want to try to balance stuff. So the stuff that I think is doing better than the cleric, you want to bring down a little. The stuff that's doing worse, you want to bring up a little bit. And you want to try to make sure the matchups are good. And that's a lot of stuff to balance. I get that. But I feel like the the cleric is pretty good as it is. If they can balance the stuff at about that power level, we'd be pretty good. The only thing I would say is, man, without buying any imperial cards, the cleric can heal so much. Like with especially with the what is it the the bless of soul, they get seven heal plus two for each champion. That's an insane amount of healing and. I understand that's part of the cleric's play style and this and that, but like, I, I don't know. I feel like it's in a good spot if they left the healing as it is and they balance stuff around that, it'd be fine. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to agree with you in the sense that where the cleric is on the power pyramid seems like a pretty good place. I mean, they have, the cleric can hang with, pretty much any match. I mean, they're going to lose more than a, a win, especially versus, you know, um, I think uh, Rangers can still do a pretty good job against them. Although, you know, I've beaten plenty of um, mm-hmm. Rangers with my cleric and I've also had plenty of clerics beat my Ranger as well. So, right. like I said, it's not, it, it's not like a 70, 30 loss, I, right. I, I think for any of these, um, but the healing in general and this goes for the thief too, especially it's just a little too high. I think seven uh, for the soul and for the lift levels is just a little too much. I, th- in my opinion, especially when you look at how healing is spread out to the other classes. Uh, so maybe would... rein that in a bit. Well, the only well, just... other thing, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, no. Uh, Cause I got one more I would thing say, to say on the cleric. I, I would say just to put it into perspective, you as a fighter, you spend, two gold and you get four damage as the most damage you can do there are a number of abilities that will so the uh cleric has two abilities that heal more than that the thief has two abilities that heal more than that or two skills not abilities sorry and if you count the defense buff all of the cleric's abilities do more than that so it's it do, like just from a cost to like damage or healing ratio, it seems a little out of whack. Yeah. And even if it's a little bit more than the damage, okay. That's I can okay. kind of see, I can see it, but if but it's almost double or more than double, if you have champions out is just a little, too seems much. like a lot. Well, and especially, and we'll talk about the wizards 
next actually, but uh, classes that really need it, or I should actually say the class that really needs it, the wizard kind of is still uh, hamstrung with really low healing or even spending life to use one of their, mm-hmm. their skills. So uh, the healing needs to be balanced out a little bit. Now, uh, one more thing I'll say about the cleric is I think the um, soul bless ability, the one you just mentioned, seven healing plus two per um, champion, but I think it only gives one defense buff for each champion. Is yes. that right? Yes. Um, is uh, I, I don't see it in play as much anymore, but and I think it's been weakened because of the, the uh, health cap. The health cap, yeah. So if we do bring the healing down on that a little bit, maybe another um, slight uh, buff to that side of the tree would be needed. I'm not sure what it would be. Or, or even if they if they brought that down a little bit, but moved the health cap up a little bit, that would make that sort of build more viable. I yeah. think because because we would have seen soul if they didn't have the health cap, soul would be like running everything right now. Yeah, and That's it was kind of how it was going. <laughs> it, it, it was. And so, so they and did that to kind, kind of, of bring that down, but then everybody switched to steel, and now it's a different problem. But yeah, yeah. So if we do rein in the healing a little bit, we should think about how to because right even right now, right. I think that's probably the least popular arm of the I, tree. Uh, and and I would really say if even if they don't, but they balance stuff around that, if they pick a single like a class and say, hey, here's the power level we want stuff. We're going to balance stuff right around that. Mm-hmm. What, However they do it, as long as they do that and have the matchups in that 60-40 range, we're good. Yep. Yeah, I hear you. Okay, so, um, and again, Cleric overall is in a pretty good place. My only thing is that hopefully we can get this kind of parity between tree branches to make them all interesting and viable. And the cleric is better than most, but uh, I think you, you might. And there's, I bet you, there are some people who would say, "No way, soul is the best is the best uh, I, choice for the cleric." So. I I think I think realistically, at the highest levels, steel is the way to go. I don't think there's a, really a question about that. But you can play the other ones and have fun and still play good, interesting games with yeah, them, which is fine. Even at level twelve and even at higher level play, it could still be a good game. Yeah, and so. I'm not saying like you have to make each tree capable Equal. of winning yeah. the highest level tournament between the highest right. level players. No, that's not the goal. Just to make it fun and you know at least somewhat viable. Right. Okay. Let's go that to wizard. Mind. Let's go to wizard. My favorite topic to complain about. Uh, and again, this is not complaints, but just like with a love and a passion for wizards that mm-hmm. I constantly, I constantly, constantly complain about it, about the wizard's plight, as I call it. Uh, all right, so I think most people would agree that the wizard is fun to play. Uh, they can have big games. They they can win, but they can also uh, not win very frequently. And they can suffer from an over-reliance on poor market row configurations. They have low health. If your opponent is going to aggro and gets good luck and you get bad luck, you can you know, game can be over turn six or turn seven if you're really unlucky. And mm-hmm. the wizard also has some really bad matchups, especially against the ranger and fighter right now, I think, just because they're so fast and so strong and do so much damage. And if the wizard cannot get some sort of healing, 
imperial healing or help from um, champions and guards, the wizard's going to die in, in a lot of matches, and which is fine. Which is fine because that's the wizard squishy. I mean, I get it. I see the parallels. However, it's a little too squishy. I think still. So, what can we do? All right, and uh, one idea was to help the wizard with some more economy so they could just buy more stuff and and you know fill in the gap that way. So they uh, wise wizards gave the wizard a ruby. Uh, which just replaced a gold, I think, which is huge. So you yeah. you replace a gold with a ruby. And then they saw a wizard just running away with things, I think especially at the lower levels. I uh, think so. Is where it was happening. And we even saw this in season one of our Tavern Brawl League where the wizard had a pretty good and, record and overall. It, it may have even been overall at level 12, not necessarily like in individual player play, but like overall it, it had a... I'm I'm not sure. I didn't see the numbers, but I I think I remember Rob mentioning that that even at level twelve it was well at level really twelve. Well, at the high levels of uh, ranks, though, right. I've never seen you know a huge amount of wizards. Uh, you know, at I'd diamond agree. or even a high platinum level compared to the other ones, and I still don't. There are some, but not many. Uh, and this is one. This is again just anecdotal uh, appraisal of the balancing, but. When you play a lot of games and you see a lot of different really good players and not many of them are playing Wizards, or even if they are, they're not bringing them up to those high ranks. It's an indicator that Wizard struggles at, at the higher levels. Yeah. Okay, it's so... Good, yeah. Yeah. And I think even with the Ruby, the Wizard still was struggling at those high, highest levels of, of play. Like It wasn't quite enough really to make the Wizard OP, although we might have send, seen some adverse effects at the lower levels again i don't know because i don't really play that much at the lower levels uh mm-hmm. even when you're building characters you tend to fly through those mid levels so yeah. quickly you can't you can't really get a, and, and i don't know if leveling is going to be the same once it goes uh full release or not or if they'll slow it down some but if it stays like it is like I, that lower level balance doesn't mean a whole lot to me i guess you you how many games do you play at level three maybe five if that, yeah. If that, uh, if you're playing on weekends and stuff. Now, the other thing too is, even if they slow it down, which I think they might for public release. Yeah. If you make it too slow, that can compound the problem again of what you said yep. earlier. You spend all this time building up a yep. character that sucks, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> it's kind of a deli- It's a delicate knife to razor's edge to walk along. Okay. Yep. So, anyways, back to the wizard. The ruby was deemed to be too strong. All right. Okay. I've heard some chatter, and I think even Rob said he was uh, pondering adding a second spell components to the wizard's starting deck. And the spell components... Instead of a gold. uh, Yeah, so change a gold to a spell components, which would uh, make actions one cheaper. Mm -hmm. Which is a good start, I think. The wizard needs a little something extra. It's a... It's a way to give a bump to their economy, especially for the actions that they really like to have in a lot of games but also not quite as much as giving them a ruby. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's a good place to start. I don't think it's quite enough to, to solve all the wizards problems, but it's a place to start. I would actually argue, uh, to replace the spell components with a ruby, uh, just give the wizard two to spend on stuff. 
And the reason is because some games you're still not going to see a lot of actions or yeah. your opponent's going to hate you after one action that's out there. And the spell components don't help you. So, I, I, think, I think the one thing that I would really say would go against that is thematically, like that takes like wizard use spell components. It's a part of that. You know what I mean? Like thematically, that doesn't make much sense. I okay, don't see them then, doing that. Then let's just uh, keep the name spell components, but it's worth two gold. Yeah, okay. well, I mean, that. you could do something like that, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's just an idea, right? And again, I'm kind of on the far side of the spectrum for uh, wizard advocacy here, so take yeah, take yeah. that as you will. Um, now, the wizard, as I said, is squishy, very squishy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the slight healing that they gave to the wizard on their channels uh, helped, but it's not enough, all right? So just to recap, the wizard um, skills, sorry, uh, the channeling skills are the soul channel, which is scry three, draw one, and you can put them back in any order. Uh, but you pay one life every time you use this. All right. Yep. It's an awesome ability, but you're paying one life. If you use it five times a game, uh, if you're lucky, uh, that's minus five hit points. Okay. Yeah. The middle channel is the pure channel. That's uh, one healing and you scry two, draw one. This is great. Awesome. I love it. I would love this to be actually, I think, plus two healing. I would also love the soul to be zero. Just no penalty loss, no no health gain. That would make the soul much more interesting, not to suffer that health damage. Finally, we've got the serene, which is good. Three healing is good, but maybe we could bump that to four. Um, or... You know, here's the thing. I've played a lot of uh, Serene Channel. I- I've tested every configuration out of the Wizard many times. And the Serene Channel is good, but it's and it can help you survive better against fighters if you really spam it. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes it's still not enough. Uh, Rangers as well. And if the Thief and uh, Cleric both have seven, up to seven healing, maybe we, maybe we can make a case for giving the wizard four on the serene or making the serene better in a different way, or maybe make the serene. Yeah. I'm not sure going up to four sounds good, but I realize some people might say that's too much for the wizard. So uh, I don't know, but we're just leave it at three. Um, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you. The wizard is so squishy. They need some, something health wise to help them be less squishy and you play a lot more wizard than me. I'm going to trust your judgment overall, but like personally, my kind of gut feeling on this is just to buff their starting hit points Mm -hmm. a little bit. And that would make like the soul channel that costs you hit points. Like you said, if you use it five times in a game and you start off with what, like 50 hit points, now it's basically like starting with 45 and that's not a whole lot when no you know things have to really go your way in order to yeah they can sometimes and they can and they can be crazy but it's such a glass cannon like i know i enjoy that soul channel playing it but i don't win a whole lot (laughs) And, and part of that is like i'm i'm pretty good with the wizard i would say nowadays but um there's definitely a lot better wizard players than me but uh, like that build, I don't do real well with. But yeah, if you had a higher starting hit point, you know your max hit points were higher. 
it would take that sting out and make it more viable. The same for any of the chant. I think like maybe it's a little easier to buff those starting hit points than to change all of that around, I guess. Well, it's this, it's just numbers that they're inputting into the system. I don't think it would change that much. Uh, I advocate Balance for the channels just, just because it's a little cooler. And you're probably going to use those four or five times a game anyway, right. which is I- equivalent to getting that, that extra five points. So I'd say just bump each of those channels up by one. And let's see how that works. All right. And if it's too much, especially for the serene, um, we can look at it again. But I think that's a decent place to start. I don't think it's going to make the wizard OP. It's going to make him survive just a bit longer. A lot of my games that I do win with the wizard, I'm in, uh, you know, single digit health points because my opponent just missed <laughs> being able to kill me. So having just even a few more hit points would make a big, mm-hmm. big difference. So that's one idea I have. All right. Now, I mentioned this earlier, but the wizard is really tied into market row configurations. If they get a lot of good uh, actions, even cheap actions, the wizard's super happy because they're going to mm-hmm. be able to fire off that uh, their fire staff, and you know they their kit just jibes well with lots of actions. But some games that doesn't happen, or your opponent is the first to go, and they're able to hate draft him from you and then you're just left with a bunch of expensive um, champions or champions that don't really help you mm-hmm. this is death for a wizard and you know a lot of games this is just what happens you don't get what you need if you get your imperial if you get a recruit on turn one that can ch- drastically changes right. your, changes your chances for survival but if that doesn't happen you're you're in, in big trouble so one idea i had and hear me out on this because i know it's big is changing the left fireball and i think it's barreling fireball to uh four damage keep the base damage right at four but allow the fireball to do a a market wipe let's just reset that market row delete Mm -hmm. everything and put five new cards out and this would give a wizard a once per game chance to try to reset the scales and give another go i mean they're still gonna it, you could still have bad luck and have five new champions pop out but at least you're getting a chance to uh find some more actions which you desperately need and i think this would be a really interesting way not only to make that left fireball useful because not many people use it just because mm-hmm. it's not very good compared to the explosive uh it would give another option and also really help the wizard in a place where where they desperately need it what do you think about I, this I, idea? I, th- I think one interesting change, if something like that happened, with the explosive fireball, how it can lock you out of the market row if it's all champions. Well, if you're playing a wizard that has one that wipes the row and then actions show up, that's an interesting interchange between different wizard builds right there. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. or a boots thief or somebody that's kind of controlling that market row against you a little oh, bit. Like, like, to be able to, like do some and that's something that is completely missing from hero realms that is in the base star realms game is that market punch and i think that's on uh, purpose i think that they're they're doing that intentionally but again this would be a one once Once per per game game. use yeah and given to the weakest character who desperately needs it explicitly because they depend so much on the market i think it's a great idea of course It, uh, it, it could it could help if you are getting a bunch of champions and not a whole lot of actions or the actions that you get are really ones that aren't aren't real great because there are some of those definitely, but also like well, I can with with your low health, 
if you don't see Imperial cards, it's real hard to win. And it can let you wipe stuff and try to get some of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it, it's another sure. path for the wizard to, to try to equal, equal the scales a bit. Uh, I can say that if that option was available, I would definitely make wizards with that fireball. Definitely. And it would be well, so much fun to use. I know, I know personally explosive fireball is the only thing I use for my wizards. It's, it seems so much better. I know the seven damage fireball is pretty insane. It's good. Yeah. But it's not, it, it can be really good value in a certain way. It's not, but I've seen it used to really good effect against me by some people as well. Yeah. So like, yeah. You know, you know, I I get it, but also like, it allows for like, I would definitely think about I would be taking that at least in some wizards, and I would be taking explosive in others, and it would really make yep. that inner uh, uh, talent tree balance that they talk about uh, really good. Yeah, so I like that just idea. an idea again. Make that other uh, fireball option interesting and viable and really help out the wizard in an area where they need it. The other idea I have is for the uh, searing fireball, which as you mentioned, seven damage to champions and the player. It's good. Like that's a lot of damage. I get it. Yeah. Uh, Although, you know, it's actually going to pale in comparison now to the new fighter abilities that are about to come out in in the update. If, if they hit champions, um, I still don't see that used very successfully on wizards who achieve high ranks or, or that right. that I have difficulty beating, I guess is another way to say it. I have an idea for that uh, searing fireball. Maybe even drop it down one damage. Let's bring it down to six. And what if we gave it uh, action lock on the market row? Uh-huh. So that if you drop that fireball, the searing fireball, your opponent cannot buy actions on their next turn. How cool would that be? Now, you could use it uh, to punish your opponent if it's filled with actions, which actually doesn't happen that much. At least, it may, right. not as much as I think it, it does. Not like with champions. But if there's an action out there that you can't afford this turn, and you know your opponent's going to hate draft it, they're going to take it from you. Like, let's say there's a uh, recruit or a command or a rally, rally the troops out there, and you can't afford it this turn action lock it with that fireball prevent your uh, opponent from getting it and you get it next turn it's just another way to use the wizard right uh, again these are just the ways my mind works when i start right. thinking about these different fireballs I, that you can use so so i hear that idea and i think okay this is like the explosive fireball but in reverse for the most part but it does more damage i think that's going to be too good honestly Okay. Now, if it now if it if it did something like lock out the highest cost action that your opponent couldn't do it, or the low, it did something like that where it was like a single card or something like that, but not from all actions. I don't know. Maybe I I think or it's we could too drop much. it down to it could be five. I mean, the explosive fireball is five damage and it locks the right. champions. So maybe we could just do five damage and locks actions. I said six because I think, like I said that. All champion row is much more common than the yeah, all action there, row usually. There are slightly more champions than actions in the game. It's like it's not quite like 60-40, but it's it's pushing that more that it's like 55-45 or so. So yeah. like roughly. Okay. I don't really have the yeah. exact numbers, but it's roughly more champions than actions. Yeah. Okay, anyways, we uh, 
I could continue talking about wizard ideas. Yeah. Probably we could devote a whole episode to this, but we'll stop here. Um, again, just my opinion yeah. as an, a wizard advocate, I'm really interested to seeing how you agree or disagree and other ideas you might have for, for balancing yes. the wizard. Um, I overall, other than your last idea, I like the other ones fairly well. I'll say that. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's go to the fighter. So they are doing some balance changes with the fighter, with the sweeping blow and whirling blow. Um, I like that they're trying to change that up. My one, uh, the one thing I'm going to say about it, and I've said this on Discord already, is that the issue with the fighter is especially in that cleric matchup the issue isn't champions it's that the fighter can't play a longer game they don't have the economy they don't have the cycling that sort of thing to to do a, a longer game you basically or with healing. a fighter you you win quick or you lose not always there are exceptions i will say that but 90% of the time you either win fairly quickly or you lose with the fighter. So um, I do like that they add the draw, but the fact that like you don't get to do the stun or expend with, I mean, that'd be fine. But like, I mean, draw two no cards damage. is really good. Draw two cards, no but damage. you don't do any damage. But in a later game situation, you're drawing two cards, like the 12 damage devastating blow. If you had, you drew two elven curses, that's like 18 damage, you know, and a couple of discards. So, like, it could be way better in certain situations, or you could draw two gold, and it would be way worse. But in the right situation, even if you chose to draw two, that could be really... I do like that they're changing it. I don't know that it's necessarily changing the right thing. The The fact that it's uh, guards and uh, an opponent's defense, while it can be an issue with the fighter, I don't think that's the main issue. The main issue is your opponent's healing and especially how much a cleric can heal and in the lift thieves is just enough that it makes it really hard to beat that lift thief uh, mm -hmm. distracted exchange. I feel is pretty close matchup with the five healing for that. But uh, so my kind of idea for the fighter, uh, there were a couple ideas that would be thematic for a fighter. So instead of the, this isn't talking about sweeping blow or whirling blow. If they want to make those changes and then see how stuff goes, that could even stay. But the the uh, skill tree, where it, it it's the group tackle that lets you expend two champions and it does like uh, three damage or something. Two damage. It's two damage and expend two champions. So I, I don't find the expend ability very useful. Um, in certain situations, it can be amazing, but that's really rare. Like 95% of the time, it's better to just get rid of that champion. So there's a couple things here. You either need to make that expend, make it so that you can't um, use the ally ability or trigger it from that expend champion. If they did that, that would pretty much balance that tree out, I would think. Um so if you did something like that, that might just do the balance right there. But if not, uh, the, my couple of ideas are ideas that somebody else came up with an idea, and I don't remember who, so I'm going to apologize. Um, but like a bleed ability that would maybe, maybe you don't do any damage, but you cause a bleed on your opponent that would like 
cut their healing by a certain percentage or by a static amount. Say it cuts their healing by three for whatever single heals they have, you know, or it's by 40% or whatever it would be. However, that would work out to balance things. I'm not maybe by half and it's just for that turn and maybe it only works on certain things. I don't know. But an idea like that would help in that cleric matchup and those in those longer games where your opponent's just trying to heal out heal you they could do and it may be too much so you could you could balance that percentage to make it work and that's thematic with a fighter in my opinion like a rend or a bleed or whatever something like that is an ability for a fighter warrior type character in a lot of games so to me that's thematic the other one and i guess this is kind of a D &D idea is like a second wind where the fighter would be able to get a once per game heal where they could like kind of get that second wind of the match and they could do, you know, get a heal of like, sort of like how the cleric has the 10 heal res Even if it just healed 10 and that was it, that might be enough to do it for you. And so mm-hmm. that would be, that would be like an ability and not a skill. So that would be yeah. the once per game ability sort of thing. And I don't know how they would want to balance those trees and this and that, but those are just kind of my ideas with that. And then I do really like that market punch, the the trade row scrap or the market row scrap. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, like there's the fighter that is just like the brawler, the the knight type character, but there's also the fighter that is like the the planner and the strategic thinker that outthinks their opponents. And a, and a market punch sort of thing would fit into that idea. I don't know how they would balance it specifically. Um, and I don't know that they want to add too much of it in at this point. So maybe the ability would be something like that market wipe, like you were talking about with the wizard. Like something like that right. might yeah. might do something. Those yeah. are my I, ideas I, for the fighter. I love all of these ideas except the market punch. And the reason is imagining a wizard playing against a fighter with market punch is just nightmarish. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's yeah. one, uh, there's one recruit on the board. Uh, nope, not anymore. Sorry. Or like, Oh, look yeah. at all these delicious actions here for you. No, so, it would so, just make that wizard matchup just horrendously, even much worse. Yeah. I'd, I'd agree with you there. I didn't think about that. My thought was the fighter has like the weakest economy in the game. The wizard isn't too much better, but it's a little bit. Because uh, yeah. of the spell components. But you're behind. You don't have a long game option. And you don't have the economy to get a, a nice... Those big cards early or whatever. You're depending on more cheaper middle range cards mm-hmm. as a fighter. And so like being able to keep your opponent from some of them w- was my idea. But I, I see your point, And maybe that is a bad it's, idea. Yeah, it's super I'm okay strong. with that. But you know, the economy is a thing too. And you know, I mentioned it with the wizard as well. Like if we give a little more economy and I think the fighter could, you didn't, I don't know if you mentioned more economy, yeah. but I think that, that that could possibly do it too. An economy solution for the fighter and maybe slightly reducing damage, but increasing economy might be another interesting mm-hmm. way to try to balance it. I don't know if they're going to do that, but I would be completely okay if they wanted to lower the, the like burst damage that a fire fighter can do, but give them more of a long game ability um, I like that as long as it's not so much that it doesn't feel like fighter anymore. Yeah. And maybe that could even be a second win to give yourself like 10 
uh, heal 10 and two gold or something like that. So instead of damage, yeah, you get yeah. gold. Oh, that'd that's be, a great idea. Cool. I like that. Um, I yeah. like that. And, uh, sorry, and I, there's a few things I want to say about the fighter. One thing I forgot about the wizard, though, and this connects to the economy discussion, is if we boost the economy just a bit, we don't have to worry about selecting the amulet or the stone in the upgrades, and you can unlock some of the other cool parts about a wizard. And the f- same thing goes with right. fighter. If they have an economy direction, it just balances out the way you can play that character a little bit more rather than focusing all in on one certain aspect. But anyway, um, I love the fighter uh, bleed mechanic and the second wind idea. In fact, I think that would do really good things for the fighter. Um, I I have some other ideas that I'm not going to put in here. They're more like what if sort of things or whatever, but it had like upgrade changes rather than ability changes sort of thing. So, but maybe I'll talk about that on Discord. So I don't want to take up too much time with yeah, the fighter, and upgrades so. too are another really interesting rabbit hole to go down to. But let's mm-hmm. let's look at the balance changes coming up: the sweeping blow and whirling blow, really quick. All right, because this is this is mm-hmm. we're recording this right before it releases. You mm-hmm. said you don't think it's really going to help too much. Um, I see situations. Where uh, well, it's going to help a little bit for sure against uh, in, yeah. in the fighter clarity. It's better than what is there yeah. for sure. Yeah, it's better. I can see situations where you're fighting a steel cleric who uh, has you know um, Grack up to ten guard, and then mm-hmm. they've got uh, a street thug at seven guard. Okay just two guys out there. Maybe they've got a, maybe they've got a fowler at four. Okay. That's 21 defense. Now, if you Mm -hmm. use this whirling blow to stun all those guys, that's 21 damage from that ability. And you're bypassing all the guards. So, so I will say in your example, a street thug's not a guard. It's just a, it's a non-guard. Oh, right. Okay. So this is only guards. Only guards. But, but I get your point. Yeah. yeah it's only okay. guards. All right. Now this, so, this actually So it's not as good as you're thinking. Yeah. I thought it was champions. That's, or my brain was yeah. reading it as champions. Okay. So. Yeah. It's, it's guards only. Yeah. Which, you know, a, a, a cleric is going to want to do, but. Now you can just say, all right, I'm just not going to get guards then. I'll just I'll focus uh, more on just regular mm-hmm. champions. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And as a fighter, you don't want a cleric to just keep those out forever and get the value all game and have their deck be thinner because you're not taking them out. Yeah. If it was champions... That's, the pro- that's one of the problems with, with expend is, one, if they miss that shuffle, it's like a, like a scrap, you know, like all those bonuses that you have yep. to not have something in your cycle like i just feel like that mechanic doesn't work they need to do something different in my opinion yeah and if this was champions instead of guards i think i would like it a lot better or because i think you could really punish i mean you could set up like 50 damage i mean 40 damage swings <laughs> you know if you, if you, you could catch, if you catch the right and and it could it, it, it would probably if it were that it would definitely make that cleric matchup winnable because if you could do it and it was all their champions and they have those five champions that they have all buffed up and it's like 40 health and you get to stun all of them, or even if it only stunned the guards but you gain combat equal to their total defense, that would set up a pretty huge turn. And if you had some other damage cards, it would be really big. 
Yeah. It might be too good that yeah. way. So I can see why it's just guards, but I don't think it's going to do enough. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see because I can see this even with guards in some situations hitting some home runs, but I don't think it's going to solve the major problem. But we'll see. I hope I hope it's a step in the right direction. I wanted to ask you, Tim, why would anyone choose the expand over stun? So those are uh, it's the it's the middle tier and the higher tier. Oh, okay. I see. I believe. So this is just for one branch of the tree. Yeah. I got it. It's that, I want to say it's the left branch of the tree that that, almost nobody uses. All right. So they're just changing one of these. Okay. I thought it was the end result of the other two. Okay. That makes sense. So the uh, expend first is the first upgrade. And then the final form is the stun all. The stun. Okay. Yeah. All right. The fact that you stun all the guards and you gain that defense. Huge. Like that's. Huge. That could be huge in the right situation, but it's also going to miss in a lot of games too. Yeah. And if I'm a cleric and I see the fighter has this, I'm just going to, I won't buff my guys anymore, you know, unless I really need to heal myself. Right. But anyway, yeah. It'll be interesting. And you just buy non guards if you can, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how that works. But I, I applaud the efforts of wise wizards for trying to do something with the fighter here. It's a really good sign that they're doing something. I, I, I do plan on trying it out and seeing how it works. It, it looks interesting, and it may really help with that, especially the Steel Cleric matchup. Mm-hmm. It might really help with that and make that Cleric matchup a lot better. So your choice is, do I pick one that's going to make my character better against my really weak stuff, or do I make something that's better against the yeah. other four classes? Yeah, it'll be fun to try it out. I We must be getting re-rolls. Again, you guys are going to be laughing I'm at sure this. we will, will be since it's week, changing but, this. Yeah. Okay, um, let's move on to the ranger a little bit. All right, now I, th- I think most people would agree the ranger is the strongest character in the game right now, uh, even slightly stronger yep. than the thief. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's what I'd say. And I think the reason I, I say that is because the ranger tends to in the ranger thief matchup, the ranger usually does a little bit better in my experience. Uh, not to say it's still pretty close, but I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not the only reason, but that's one reason why I would say that that, that happens. Um, the Ranger, just a little too damn good right now. But the Ranger is fun, and the shape of the kit and how the Ranger works is awesome. Like, this is, it feels like a Ranger. This is how the Ranger should play. I get it. Let's not screw up the Ranger. But we need to slow it down or weaken it just a bit, just to bring it down a bit, all right? And I thought about different ways to do this without totally handicapping uh, the ranger. And the first idea I had was to nerf the flash fire arrow just a bit. Uh, Okay, not just a bit, quite a bit. Well, it depends on how you think about it. I would like to see the auto draw removed from the flash fire and only have it draw if you have a bow. And... okay. It still works as an arrow, but it doesn't help you out if you if you don't have a bow there. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. it's a nerf for sure. I mean, the the ranger's going to get slower yeah. now, but that's the point. Um, the question is, how much will that slow down? And I think it's not slowing it down too much. You still get potential draw from it, just not. I'd agree. It. So, it's a place to start. Um, my couple of comments because we've talked about this one. Um, I think balance wise that may bring it down just enough to be, you know, a decent 
balance choice. I will say at the what that's a level uh, eleven upgrade or is it level nine? I think Whatever it's eleven. It there. I think it's eleven. Yeah, at a, yeah, level eleven. Every class has a choice of a card that automatically draws something at that yep. one, and the fact that it wouldn't do that changes some of that stuff around. But that's you know a what? small the price Ranger to pay. Has Who so cares? much draw and cycle. Like balance wise, that may be the best. Choice. If that's the only reason not to do it, I don't think that's much of a reason not to do it. Right, right. Um, but I, I, your point's understood. That the reason it has draws because all the other ones yeah. offer that. But the the right. ranger has too much draw though. <laughs> that's the problem. We got if we got it. Yeah, that's the thing. And yeah. this one totally neutered the draw. It would just make it like the other arrows work, which I think is actually not right, not right. a bad place to start. So, so so, so it so basically what it would do is it would make it so that you can't use it to draw that bow to start your engine draws game. with the other arrows. You have to have that bow already. Yeah. Like a lot of times I'll just that have, may be enough. I'll just have that flash fire. I'll track and then I'll mm-hmm. discard a uh, an arrow that I track, set up my quiver, and then a bow after that. And mm-hmm. It's like my whole turn is saved just because of that. That. Doesn't yeah. happen every game, but it happens. Whereas it'd be a tougher choice if it were yeah. different. Yeah. yeah. So again, this is going to make the ranger worse, but that's the point. Uh, the other idea I had is to go for the quiver. If if we don't want to mess with the flash fire arrow, how about we just make the quiver rather than draw and take an arrow out of your discard? Remove the draw, and now we can take up to two arrows out of our. That would be interesting. Out of our discard. And I think this is actually that even, would probably. This is even a softer. Well, I don't know. It, it might even be softer than the flash fire nerf. I'm not sure. I th- I think it'd be bigger. It might be. Um, I think in some situations it wouldn't change a whole lot because if you could draw two, you got two in your discard. You pull them both. It ends up about the same as drawing one and drawing, mm-hmm. so it doesn't change much in that situation. But if you only have one arrow in your discard. It nerfs a draw, yep. which would be pretty much the same as the, so maybe it works out about the same as the flash fire change, or maybe I don't know. I, I don't know. I have the numbers Me on neither. the it, amount of situations yeah. that it's like that, but both of those are kind of the same idea, really. Nerf the draw a little bit in one of those. I'm not saying do both of these. Maybe yeah, not try both. One. Not and both. Do I would say do the weaker one first, and I think mm-hmm. the flash fire one seems a little weaker to me, but I, I don't know. Because you'll have, I think you'll have two arrows in your discard less often than you won't have uh, a bow to to, to get the flash fire to work. Anyway, uh, the only other idea I had, and this is, I'm not even sure if if it would, if if this would make a huge change, but it would make the ranger a little worse, is to increase the hunter cloak activation to six damage rather than five damage. All right. Another thing you could possibly do is reduce the damage on the flash fire arrow. Uh, it gives yeah. two extra if you have a bow. Maybe just make that one extra. I don't know. Or, or you make the hunter cloak one gold or one heal. I know that's not a huge change either, but that might be a minor little change that. And I think they buffed it up to two, didn't they? Didn't used to be one and one. Uh, Maybe not. Maybe I'm remembering way wrong. It's not the the ranger's problem though. Isn't that heal? It's the speed that they can kill things. I, 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 yeah. Anyway, those are my ideas to some extent. And again, again, just my opinions, just some ideas. 
they might be horrible ideas. Maybe they're not. I would like to hear what other people think too. And if you have better ideas or other ideas. I think slowing it down just a little bit, like with nerfing that draw just a little bit. So it doesn't like totally get rid of it, but it slows it down a little bit and it allows for a lot less of that mitigation of those bad hands. You can already track to mitigate bad hands, you know, and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. So like just enough to mitigate it so that like when they do actually end up with a bad hand and all that stuff after tracking and all of this, they can't just fix it by using the quiver or the flash fire or whatever. So like it, it slows it down just a little bit. It would be enough. I I like either of those without touching one or the other really probably doesn't. Let's leave the tracks alone. They're fine. Yeah. Uh, uh, The middle one sucks. I think we could change that to make it a little better maybe, but uh, again, the Ranger's strong, so we don't have to worry about his least good tree branch. I think the, the, the weaker characters should get the attention first. The the fact that the two opposite sides seem so well balanced against each other now, Mm -hmm. like I think those are fine. Mess with the other stuff. That's the way to go. Yeah. Okay. Good. So those are the ideas on the Ranger. Let's wrap it up with the thief, Tim. What, what, what do we think about the thief? So uh, there's a couple things with the thief. The thief, uh, depending on the build, you can have a lot of healing with like lift or you can have a lot of economy with like the misdirection or smooth heist. And I didn't put that in the notes when we were talking about it and you didn't either, but as I'm thinking about this, the couple of ways that you could nerf the thief a little bit is a either to slow down that healing a little bit or maybe make it that like smooth heist. Like when they had the bug where it only did one of the cards to hand or something, something like that might be enough because the thief isn't that much better than where I would say like the middle of that bell curve would be for, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. for power stuff, yeah. you know, where, where you'd want stuff. It's not that much better. The thief's in a pretty good spot. If you wanted to balance everything around the thief and like buff the cleric just a little bit and some of those sorts of things, that's a fine point too. But one of those two points is kind of, I think ideal power levels. And so, Maybe bringing the healing down a little bit when they upped the lift by and and that stuff. Uh, I think it was, I don't remember exactly anymore, but they, they upped lift to seven and yeah. And smooth heist is just so it's in my, in my mind, it's like heads and tails, the best ability in the yeah, game. It's not close. And so, and so, nerfing that a little bit might do it so those are kind of my two ideas just bring the healing down just a little like from mm-hmm. seven to six probably yeah. does it for lift. See, sm- I- and maybe distracted exchange goes to four yep I- that would probably do it just by i think one. that's a place to start let's nerf the healing just a bit and because i also agree the thief is it's fun it's interesting to play there's different ways to play it it's strong but it doesn't feel too op unless you get a lot a ton of discard and then of course it sucks but um you know what i really like about the thief because it's turning into the class that i'm probably enjoying playing the most uh for quite a while here you you can do anything with the thief. You can play an aggro game. You can play a long healing game. You can play the economy game. All of that. You can do the tricks with the draws and what it like. It does everything, and it does it all pretty well. You know, agreed. 
That's maybe not the best of anything, but it 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 allows you to do and no bad matchups either. Well, Tim, I can tell you're right. a good parent because you, you talk to your thieves just like I talk to, talk to my kids. You can do anything. You can be anything you want, <laughs> little thief. You can be a long game thief. You can be an aggro thief. That's, that's well, well, my kids are little thieves, so uh, <laughs> they steal food out of my pantry all oh, the time. And they've stolen your heart as well. But they shouldn't get them. They have okay. definitely done that. Um, yeah, I think I agree with that. Now, but let's talk about the smooth heist because this is going to I'm sure there's people like throwing throwing crap at their computer screen or they they just threw their phone out the window out there in the car. No. I love smooth heist. Love it. And it is the best ability in the game. Like I I would love to argue with someone who thought something else is better because I'm pretty sure I could I could win that argument. But um not to say that there aren't other good one-time abilities, but uh Smooth Heist is up there. Uh, all right. Now, so if we change the Smooth Heist, A, I don't think we need to, even though it is the best ability, that's part of why the Thief is good is because they have the, the Smooth Heist. Right. But it's also w- better than the, uh, like the opponent steal ability, I still see sometimes. I also still play against people who never use it before they lose the game. Right. Uh, it's pretty clear Smooth Heist is the way to go. So I can see trying to nerf it a bit if i nerfed it though i wouldn't do these two cards in the hand i might do it so that you can only get maybe the uh maybe bring it down to two cost cards only to hand instead of three or the first one three and the second one two so you can't get two threes because the actually the two three to hand is just a little too strong it's the biggest that's the best that's the best use in Agreed. my opinion. Although getting two eight cost bombs, even if they don't go to hand, but it's right before you shuffle. That's also awesome. Big too. And, and I'm not saying, and that can stay. Uh, but I think yeah. the two threes to hand is probably just too good. I might even drop it to two or the first one, three and the second one, two would be just a really small nerf. Right. But it would make a difference. So. Yeah. It wouldn't, it wouldn't take much, but honestly, I think, Nerfing the healing by one probably it's a way to start. fixes the thief, in my opinion. It fixes a lot of things, I think, uh, with with the game in general. Uh, but except for the wizard. For the wizard, remember, I'm arguing, increase increase the healing by one. <laughs> increase it by one. Well, that would max their healing at four, which doesn't seem that yeah, bad. Yeah, and I get me. it. The wizard gets draw. Uh, I get it. But the wizard also gets blown out, and the wizard can die very quick in fiery deaths. So. Okay, um, I, we've made it through all the classes here. We've given our opinions on the balancing. We've given some ideas. Uh, and again, these are just, these are kind of our more uh, conservative, <laughs> reasonable ideas for things we could do with the, the kits. So these are ones we've talked about actually for a while. And again, they, in our heads at least, they seem like they would be reasonable uh, fixes, not, you know, balances to some of the characters that need it. So. Really interested to see how the community reacts to this. And uh, hopefully we might even... I would... Let's start up a thread in Discord where we can talk about this because I'd love to hear uh, what people think about it. Go ahead, Tim. What were you going to say? Maybe even like a balance channel. Yeah. That's not a thread that disappears. It's a channel. Uh, Regardless, I really want to hear like what other people think about some balance ideas, what they think would help or hurt or this or that. Because uh, I know I've talked about it with you. I've talked with some other people here or there, some about it. But I would love to hear all the different community ideas on some of this stuff. Yep. 
honestly. All right, cool. Uh, well, thanks for sticking through that uh, main focus. I really enjoyed it. Hope you did too. And we will transition next into the war room. I say we stay here and fight it out. Welcome to what is actually your favorite segment, The War Room. I just have to put it in there because Matt always says, you know, your favorite for everything else. So uh, today we are going to talk about playing against a fighter. And so basically this is, it's going to be especially true for the fighter, but against any sort of aggro style play, really. But the fighter especially. And so, um, I mean, to me, it's it's pretty simple that the counter to playing against the fighter is healing, in my opinion. If you can heal, you can beat a fighter. If you can make that game go long by healing or by getting enough defense through champions, because it kind of does the same thing. Not exactly, but kind of. Um, that's how you beat the fighter. Mm. Really. Yeah. Get those Imperial cards, get those champions, make the fighters spend their damage on that instead of your health, and if you draw the game out long enough, you'll beat the fighter. Okay. So playing against the fighter is basically the same as playing the wizard, is what you're saying, in general. <laughs> that really kind of <laughs> is what it is. Because that's what you try to do to win with the wizard, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um Okay. And it's naturally what the cleric does best, and that's yeah, why that's no, a horrible matchup. No, I get it. Um, now, what do we do if we can't get any Imperial, or there are no good champions that are going to protect us? So, so usually, one way or the other, there's going to be either be some healing or some champions, even if they're not guards, the non-guard champions, getting some of those, because the fighter doesn't want to let you keep getting value of those turn after turn after turn. They're going to spend their damage on them, even if they're not guards. It won't keep you from dying if you're at five health, though. Yeah. So, like, towards the end of the game, those get worse. Whereas guards will stay the same the whole game. So, you want to get one or the other of those. And I, the other kind of way is if you can only get a little bit of that, a little bit of healing or a little bit of some champions going... If you can make your opponent discard. Mm. If you can make that fighter have to discard so they're not able to fire off like their shoulder crush every turn. Or they have to discard some of their weapons or good cards. That will slow their aggro down almost like a defense or healing would do. And then um, I'm completely blanking on what I was going to say. I had another point there. I I think um, though, well, you've hit most of them, to be honest. The only other counterplay I can think is to draft high damage cards to keep to keep high damage cards the, out of the out of the fighter's deck. Out aggro the fighter. Yeah. That's the other way to do it. Which is really hard to do. A ranger can do it. Other fighters can do it. A thief can sometimes do it, especially when they mitigate with some of their natural healing. Wizards so. usually can't. Uh, unless they get really good luck and the fighter gets bad luck with their shuffles and drawing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I know, I know like the, the wizard build with the, what is it? The serene channel. Is that the three yep. heel? 
and then the gloves that ha- the tankier wizard yeah. build that doesn't do all the shenanigans the that is it. fun with the yeah. wizard. Shizzard. Yeah. The the one that I don't like to play as much that matches up with the fighter the best. And I've lost to wizards like that. You know, a decent amount like it. I I don't know that it's quite 60/40, but it's fairly it gets close that, to that with that specific Oh yeah, build. it's the anti-fighter wizard. Unfortunately, that wizard... Yeah, but it also doesn't let you do all the fun yeah, stuff. And it yeah. can struggle against other, other classes, too. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. so I think that's good. And while I wouldn't say hate drafting high damage cards to out-aggro the fighter. Out-aggroing might be a lofty expectation, but at least slowing down their aggro or buying yourself a little more time. Mm-hmm. If you see an intimidation out there or a um, you know one of the four-cost seven damage cards... Uh, dark, dark knowledge or uh, hit job. I think is the other one. Grab those. Don't let the fighter um, get those cards. The other real weak point with the fighter is their economy is bad. So you can usually get those big cards that a fighter can't. It's hard for a fighter to get domination or fire bomb or it, it's possible in certain situations or whatever. Obviously, but most games as a fighter, I don't see those. I'm going for like, like you said, hit job or you know, intimidation or whatever. So if you can be fast enough and get some of those good big cards and do that. So it's not necessarily aggro. It's getting the, 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 the card advantage and economy to get those big cards and do the burst damage, which is kind of how the Ranger mm-hmm. does it. Yeah. Only it's, it's a little different for the Ranger, but yeah. And the fighter, aside from the cleric, the Rangers were probably one of the worst matchups for the fighter, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, would say. I think so. I think I think cleric and then ranger, and then probably thief. Yeah, because of the healing. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right. So, and you know, aside from these points, I think the only other things you can do to prepare against a fighter is to, um, you know, get some Kleenex ready to to wipe away the tears after you've you've died quickly. Uh, maybe say a few prayers before the match begins, and uh, that's about it. Because if but the I, I I wrote a go ahead yeah. I wrote an early fighter article that talked about like the three, the, the damage life gain and healing or not healing, um, scrap sacrifice, um, that those being kind of a triangle where the, the life gain healing beats the damage, the damage beats the scrap, the scrap beats the healing sort of Mm -hmm. triangle. And so like, remember that when you're playing it, it's not always 100% true, but in a general overall sense, that's kind of how it works. So keep that in mind, even when you're not playing against the fighter, seeing what they're doing. and Any matchup and, and, and yeah. for pivoting as well. If you go one way and see it's not going to work, yes. that's, that'll give you a good idea of where to pivot. So, All right, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, perfect uh, war room for how to play against the fighter. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. And now for our next segment, Hero Realms 101. Today we are taking a listener request from Diamond Double Dubs. He requested uh, that we talk about on kind of how we use the replay function in the game. So um, for me, there's a couple ways that I use it. 
uh, one, like just replaying the last turn. Sometimes I miss something and I'll exit out the game and go back in and rewatch that last turn. So I make sure I catch all the info of what happened. Uh, but I don't think that's really what he's asking. But that's a good thing. It is know. a good. Well, I think we should. But I think what, yeah, let's list all of the useful functions, and that is one of them for sure, Tim. Okay. Yes, and sometimes, uh, you know, in the middle of a game, even going back from the, I guess you can't do it until the game's over. Use the full. You can use replay. the log. You can only see you can that use last the log turn. though for. Yeah, you can look at the log, but not the replay. Yeah, which is. But you can see like previous turns. What? Happened. Yeah. Well, the the log is basically the text version of the replay. So. Yes, And exactly. I would say utilize that too if you need to figure out what happened or if you're trying to track something. Yeah, the, the log right. is also very good. It's just harder to decipher. Yeah. Yep. And the replay only works after the game is over. Yeah. Yes. All right. So, Tim, what's another good way? So after it's over. So, so after the game is over is when you can use the replay. Yeah. So this is something that I would recommend is when you are trying to improve your game, you you lost a game and you don't know why. Or you won a game and you don't know why. Or you're just trying to make general improvements and you want to see, like, where did I mess up? Where could I have done better? Any of those sorts of things. Going through and watching your games and going turn by turn or even action by action and watching what happened and taking time to slow down and analyze, oh, if I would have done this different, made this choice, this is what I would do. So like uh, in the mentorship program, I'm going to throw out my uh, my pupil for the mentorship program uh, is uh, Scrap Force. And it's been a little while since we've done the in-depth mentoring sessions. But when we do those, we'll play a game. And then afterwards, I'll look back at that replay and i will tell him every time i would have done something different Mm. on turn seven this was in the row i would have done this differently and this is why Mm -hmm. so if you can do that with your own game to a certain extent and say hey maybe that wasn't the best choice and i don't do it a ton in my games but i definitely do that you know, from time to time. Sometimes I'm so busy, I don't have time to do any of that. But when I have time to like kind of analyze it and do some of that, the replay function is great for that. And it can really make you a better player. Agreed. And that use of the replay function with a uh, mentor or just with a friend, if you're looking over a game, can be super useful to have two heads looking at it. Uh, Also, shout out to my... Mm -hmm. um, my uh, mentee or pupils, I guess you call them daily 23. Uh, usually I'm asking him uh, how he beat me in, in, <laughs> in our reviews of the matches, but uh, <laughs> talking together. And what I'll often do is I'll say, all right, let's go back to turn seven. Why did you buy that card? Or why did you mm-hmm. do this? I'll ask a question to see what the reasoning and explanation is. And a lot of times I'll be like, oh, you know, that's actually very sound reasoning. And that's a, you know, that's a good reason to do it. Yeah. Here's another way to look at it. And oftentimes I'll actually uh, hear the explanation of why a choice was made and I realize that was indeed the best choice to make. So just discussing <laughs> these different things or- is, is a really good thing to do. Or that it's a different choice. It's not necessarily better or worse, it's different than how you would have done it, but it makes valid sense why. Yep. 
And I, I tend to do that while I'm playing. If I'm playing against somebody that uh, has asked, you know, for some input or this or that there, I'm like, why, why'd you make that choice yeah. there? And sometimes I, I think I know why, but I want to ask them to make sure they're analyzing it. Yeah, that's great. And thinking about it. And that by way. the way, this explains why, what would you do is everyone's favorite segment, because it's basically going into the replay function and having a discussion about a decision point, right? And if you do that at different points throughout your replays, you can learn a lot. All right. The last thing I'll say about this, and you can wrap Mm -hmm. up with any other points you have, Tim, but I really, when I look at the replays and I don't do it that often, and I probably should do it more, I'd be a better player if I did it more. Uh, But when I do go back is when I've lost a game that I thought I was winning, or that I thought I had in hand. Usually the games mm-hmm. I lose, I can see I can see it coming. There's other games where I, I don't. And those I love to go in and see the turning point or see the thing that I missed, see where the momentum changed, or if the momentum had actually changed before I even noticed it. Uh, and there's there's no you know specific uh, way I can say how to do that. It varies from game to game, of course, but... In those situations, you can learn a lot and kind of miss your blind spots that that, that hit you off guard and really learn something that you can uh, hopefully avoid from making a mistake in the future. So that's what I like to do when I look at the re- at the replays. It's a great use of the replay. Yeah, totally. Function. I remember when the um, the long play cleric first made its way onto the scene. De Katz's meow and uh, Andalus started just destroying me with those. <laughs> those damn clerics uh-huh. and I would go back into the replay function and see, Oh, okay. I see. I see what's happening here. And then I started to basically mimic or figure out how to, how to play against it. But yeah, uh, just a great way to learn. And especially when you see a new play style or something you haven't seen before that you didn't, you don't understand, you know, cause to, uh-huh. to be honest, there's the game is pretty transparent. You can usually, exp- especially once you've played a lot, you can, understand why things are happening or like you said tim all right this is going to come down to who shuffles better who gets there who gets their damage cards first is going to win this one or you know or whatever situation might happen but some cases you can't tell and that's when to look at the replay for me yeah well and even in some of those situations where you think you understood all of that going back and looking every once in a while is helpful definitely like you said i would be a better player if i did this more And I think you're a very good player. And if you're saying that, well, then any player can say that, Mm. in my opinion. And they can, they can improve. We can always improve our play. So the more you do this, the more you're going to catch that stuff and the more you're going to improve your play. And yeah, it's not playing the game. It's not necessarily as quote unquote fun to some people to do that. And if it's not your thing, have fun playing however you want. I'm not here to tell you how to play, but if you want to win more and play better, that's Great a advice. real good way to do it. All right. Uh, let's wrap up the uh, Hero Realms 101 here and move right along into Killer Combos. <laughs> Killer combos. This is the first time we've had this segment, 
So hopefully it will become your favorite segment. (laughs) Today we are going to talk about the thief and some of the cool combos you can do with a thief. Um, And I'm going to say, starting off, kind of a general idea of this. There's The thief is really versatile, like we talked about earlier. So there's lots of different stuff you can do with it. But one of the cool things about the thief, you have... If you have the knife belt and your knives and you have the shadow mask and the blackjack, there's a lot of stuff you can set up with a card, top decking, drawing, even in the same turn. Some of that, something that you bought, you can top deck and draw in the same turn. That sort of stuff is, those are some of my favorite combos. Probably the favorite one is buying an Elven Curse to my discard, flipping it with shadow mask, playing it. Next turn, flipping it back up and getting like two or three uses in a shuffle out of like a card that's just so good like that. Now it has to be a three cost or less card, but there's some really, really good three cost or less cards that if you can get two or three uses in a shuffle, it's so good. It's usually game. Yeah. And that's the beauty about getting um, a card early in your deck when you have a fresh deck. And you have enough hit points to use that mask, as you know, you you know that uh, curse or even that spark is gonna see play three or four times before you shuffle it in again, which is just absolutely brutal to play against, especially if, if you have guards mm-hmm. to help you draw it out quickly. Um, so, yeah, the mask is a killer combo just for this reason, and uh, to take it one step further, if you have the um, smooth heist, which is what we were talking about earlier, to mm-hmm. bring something into your hand, turn one. All right. So let's say, okay, let's just say dream scenario. Uh-huh. Okay. Let's say you have five gold to spend and there's two uh, curses, elven curses in, in the market row. All right. <laughs> you get to smooth heist both of those to hand, use your two to activate your skill to make the opponent discard a third card. They all go to your discard pile, and then guess what? Next turn, you're going to be able to use the mask to bring one of those curses back on top of your deck again. And if your opponent hasn't conceded yet, they probably should at this point. Um, In the turn after, you bring the other one to the top of your deck, and you basically have an elven curse almost every turn in the game. Uh, So, yeah, fun times. Yeah, okay. You have two curses yeah. is just brutal. Yeah. Now the the rot or or even like uh elven gift or anything. A combination of those. I a lot more often I've gotten like an elven gift and an elven curse and done stuff with those. That feels almost as good, but not. Quite. I'll take a bribe and a profit if I see it. I won't even think twice about it. Oh, yeah. I won't even think twice about it. Yeah. If you can take two things yeah. to hand, especially ones that give you some economy, uh, and there's something good to buy in the row, you you end up with your first turn with three or four cards uh, that you've purchased. Yeah. Um, and if they ally and you get those faction bonuses, like it's thief has so many cool combos with this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And we're not even going deep into this. That's real basic. Yeah, no, just a basic um, killer combos. And we could go into more detail with them, and you can, but we'll, we can save that discussion for the Discord, and hopefully this just serves 
as a kind of jump starter to get that started. So, so, so let's uh, wrap this your new favorite segment, Killer Combos, up, and let's uh, let's talk about the community roundup. I'm gonna let you uh, take this one, Matt. All right, and here we are again, heading into the final stretch of episode five with the community roundup. Uh, there's not too much to talk about, um, but I'll just give a overview of kind of what's uh, happening in the community right now, and um, and we'll go from there. I do want to lead off the community roundup with a really cool announcement of an in real life event that has been put together and announced recently. Uh, both on Facebook and on Discord, everywhere uh, that you can find Hero Realms online. This is an event called Hero Realms Splintered Thandar. It's a, a special in-real-life event that's going to be held on Saturday, June 18th from noon to 5 p.m. at the Game King Game Store in Fall River, Massachusetts. So if you are in that area or in a drivable distance and you want to play some Hero Realms in a really cool format with some of our uh, leading community members, including Adam and Roser, the uh, creator of Realms Rising. Uh, Birdlaw, Dave Birdlaw Logman has uh, done a lot of the creative work behind this event, and Marauder Mo um, as well will be organizing the event. And you can find details about this uh, on the Discord. We'll also throw up a link in our show notes uh, just so you can follow it that way. June 18th, really cool in real life event that has been put together. A lot of time and effort has been put into it. So if you're into it, check that out. That's a really cool community event happening in real life. Um, shifting to the digital uh, platform. Currently, we have, uh, I think, two main events kind of happening right now. The first is the Hero Realms Premiere Circuit, uh, which has kicked into full gear, uh, meaning that all five of the character-specific uh, tournaments are currently happening right now. Um, the wizard event may have been the first to start. I forget if it's not. Forgive me, but it was Ranger. Oh, was it Ranger first? Okay, uh, let's we'll go to the Rangers first. Uh, the Ranger event is actually in the finals right now as we record this, May sixteenth. In the finals, we have Zembu versus. Noodle facing off in the Ranger final. Uh, in the third place match is, hey, would you look at that? Myself, Jigmalinkpa, getting set to face off against Sapanik, a very tough comp Ranger competitor. Mm. So looking forward to that. I'm waiting for the update to drop before starting those, by the way. Sapanik, if you're listening. Oh, although by the time you heard this, you probably would have already beaten me. So moot point. <laughs> uh, the second part, and I'm, I've lost track of the uh, chronological order of this, but the wizard event has also uh, progressed to the finals. And in the finals, we have our own Agency 13 squaring off against the cat's meow. Wow. Some fireworks will be flying in that uh, final event. Uh, that should be interesting. And I wonder um, how that's going to take place, like what levels and what builds you guys are going to play at. Looking forward to hearing about it. Uh, after you guys are done. Um, the third place match is between Birdlaw and Boncliffe in that one. And Boncliffe... If, if, 
sorry. I'll... If the cat doesn't send me level 12 challenges in this, he's a cat. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. The gauntlet has been thrown. Although, again, he probably uh, will have already either beaten That's you all or right. been beaten you by the time this airs. Um, yep. I am happy to see Boncliffe in the third place uh, match because he beat me in round one of this of this uh, event. I I I beat him in the quarterfinals, and those were some really good games. He's he played very well. He's good. Yeah, he came at me. I think with a level five wizard and uh, won two games to one. I think he, he played it really well. So good luck to all you guys in the wizard event. Uh, continuing along, we have the thief event, which has just started. I think probably a few days ago. And it looks like we are still wrapping up even some round two matches here. A few players have progressed to round four, but this is still ongoing. All right, so uh, keep up with the Thieves event. Uh, finally, we have two more in the Premier Circuit. The Clerics event has also just recently started, and this is mostly in round two and round three, it looks like still. Uh, there's a few round four that have started up. Finally, uh, the Fighters tournament has also started this also relatively recent we have two players in the uh s- semi-finals bird law and rucksack have already advanced that far everyone else is still playing out their game so it'll be interesting to see how that fills out as well um we've got one last one here highlander uh tim do you have this up or do you want me to go through this one um i can pull it up here okay I don't think it's... Re- well, maybe it's farther along than I thought. Wow. Um, <laughs> uh, looks like most of the round one matchups are done, except for your match there, Matt. Yeah, um, me and uh, And a decent number of the round two. That's okay. That's okay. I'm winning two to zero, um, by the way. Zabuza, I'm coming for you. Okay. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, a decent chunk of the round two is going on so far. Uh, Double Dubs, Horgol, Zembu, and Rucksack have about have advanced round three. Everybody else is in round two or round one, so uh, fairly early on in that. And that's the level three uh, character pack tournament. So yeah, which means you have to be at least that's at level three, on there. but you can you can go above that if you want. Yes, yeah. you can play higher. Yep. Yeah, lots of great competition, tons of good players, and just a really fun event. Check it out. In other community news, we have another real-life event to report on. Recently, Wise Wizard Games held a Hero Realms tournament at Geekway to the West. And the winner of that event was Carrie Lapidus. Uh, Pardon me if I'm mispronouncing that. Uh, She won the tournament and received a nice trophy for her efforts. So congratulations to her. Another event that I want to uh, give you a recap on is the King of the Castle ongoing event, which has continued to see the ongoing reign of Dekatz's Meow. He is currently in his 19th defense. He's defeated 19 challengers, and there is no end in sight. There is no end to the madness. Currently, uh, Double Dubs is playing against him, and... uh, it has been a really fun event. We've got lots of people signed up waiting in the queue for the shot at the throne. And if you're interested, please check out the discord for details on this one as well. Uh, you can find the details and rules for all of this stuff. Again, in the discord, there are dedicated channels to it. So check it out. If it sounds interesting to you, it's 
All of the stuff is free. Everyone's encouraged to join. We do most of the um, organization and announcements on Discord. So if you're not on Discord, you might not hear about it. But Discord is also free. And if you're really into Hero Realms, I, I recommend you check that out. We will also put the Discord link for the Realms Rising server in our show notes. That is it for our episode today. Uh, this has been Tim Agency 13 and my co-host Matt, the Mr. Wizard Rooks, Jigmalingpa. Um, as a quick little tease, we're going to have a special guest for next episode talking about an article that's going to be released on Realms Rising. I'm not going to go into any more detail unless you want to, Matt. No, let's leave it as a surprise for our guests, but a huge article is being written. It's going to be released, and we're going to try to time it somewhere around there. The article might come out a little bit earlier, but we will have the author, who is an expert on the area, join us. Not only to talk about the article, but to sit in through the different segments, I think, and just do a uh, triple-team effort on the next uh, edition of Sparks and Rack. So that should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. All right, and this is where we'll wrap up the show for uh, episode five. Thanks for listening, everybody. Remember, follow us, subscribe, leave a rating. Only if it's good, say nice things. If you have bad things to say, follow my mother's (laughs) advice and just keep your mouth shut if you don't have anything good to say. Otherwise, everybody, uh, really glad that you stuck around with us. Hope you're enjoying the episodes. As always, leave comments, uh, claims, questions, anything you want to disagree with us is more than welcome. Let's talk about it. It's one of the great parts of this game and the community. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful week. We will see you again for episode six coming up in a few weeks of Sparks and Recreation. We made it to the end of the show. Congratulations. You're a nerd. Tune into the next episode of Sparks and Recreation for more on community events, meta analysis, and everything Hero Realms.